And before we begin, I would like to just shout out Jasmine Davis, who is our amazing peer mentor at Student Money Management Center. She also is a true organizer of this podcast today, and she created all the documents and materials for today. But sadly, she could not join us for personal reasons. And with that being said, thank you again so, so much, Jasmine, for bringing us all together. And let's get started with the podcast. So hello, everyone. This is Juliana. I am I'm a peer mentor at the Center with the Mean Green Money podcast. I want to be a co-host today. And so we have our guests, Keisha and Ifton. And so I'll let them introduce themselves in a second. But today we're going to be talking about evictions in the state of Texas, as well as the rights associated with that. And we are also joined from a representative from our university's legal center. And I'll let them introduce themselves now in any order. My name is Keisha Ware, and I serve as an attorney and director of Student Legal Services. And good afternoon. My name is Ifton Muhammad, and I'm an associate at uh, Student Legal Services as well. Thank you guys both so, so much. Alrighty, everyone, let's get into it. So today we're going to be talking about evictions, but especially those in Texas. So if you didn't know, there's a significant cost to consider the toll that evictions will have on a majority of the population. So 23 of 50 states do not have state protections against evictions. There's a federal moratorium to halt evictions that has been extended to two months past the end of June, but that does not mean rent has been paused, forgiven, or canceled. Rent still piles up and some landlords are going through the necessary steps so that once the moratorium is lifted, evictions will commence without skipping a beat. This affects those who rent at a higher rate than those who own, in Texas, there are poor protections against initiation of evictions proceedings, but more robust protections against litigations and actual removals. This is important because evictions go on the responsible party record so that any co-signers, gardeners, in most cases. Evictions also cause families to have their belongings kicked out onto the street or have storage where they'll have to pay a fee to get them all back. And evictions also go on your record, making it a lot harder to qualify for another lease or rent another home. So our first question for you guys is, so what is your take on all of this? And also, did we get all that right? Okay, and so I think what you're referring to with regard to the moratorium is the uh, Federal CARES Act, right? And that um, provides a moratorium for apartment complexes or units with regard to um, individuals, um, apartment complexes that are backed by uh, certain federal programs, mortgage programs, right? And so that applies to those uh, particular apartment complexes. So some rental units do not apply to the Federal CARES Act, others do. And it's an easy way to find out whether your apartment complex is uh, eligible for the Federal CARES Act where one cannot be uh, evicted up until I believe July 25th. Okay, thank you guys. Thank you so much, so much for the insight. So we actually have a few questions we'd like to ask you guys. So again, all these questions are from the texaslawhelp.org. So again, these are just general questions that the audience has. So the first one is, um, do I still owe rent? Yes, rent is still due. Even though there's um, a moratorium on evictions, the amounts are still due and we recommend talking with the landlord. If you can't have it all by that deadline towards the end of the month, even if you qualified for the moratorium, you could ask if they could work with you so that you could go on some type of a payment plan. Um, we've um, tried to assist students with that. 
getting extensions for payments and things like that. But yes, the rent is still due. It has not been forgiven. Thank you. The next question is, can I get help with rent? There are some programs um, out in the community that are assisting people with rent. Um, you should start with looking for the city or the municipality that you live in. Some cities have developed and designated funds to assist with rental assistance. I know um, Dallas has funding and various other municipalities. So start on your local levels. You start with um, the municipalities and then you can look to different charitable organizations that are providing assistance with funding, whether it be a nonprofit. Um, there are some churches that are assisting with funding, but those resources are out there, but you're gonna have to get on the internet and do some research as to what some of those um, options are. Also, the Dean of Students Office usually maintains a list of resources in the community that's available to help students with assistance with rental. If you are a student at the university during the summer or during the fall, um, there is CARES Act funding that's available for students to apply for. I believe the um, amounts are exhausted for the summer, but in the fall, it will open back up again and grants are being provided to students on a first come first serve need based basis that may be able to be used some of those funds for rental assistance as well. The Dean of Students Office has emergency funding. Um, sometimes we recommend that students um, contact student money management and consider um, loan options, but there are various sources of funding out there. You might have to be creative, but if you're willing to do a little bit of research and a little bit of planning, you may be able to find some assistance with um, rental funding. And also for our international students, we know that it's been challenging for them as well. There is funding being created, made available through the university for them on a need basis as well. And more information will be coming out about that soon. Thank you, thank you so much for that. That was perfect. Um, the next question is, what types of evictions are on hold? Well, right now there used to be a stay on evictions. Unfortunately, now um, that has changed as of um, speaking now, July 14, 2020, there are no holds with regard to evictions. However, certain municipalities are creating novel ways in order to maybe stay evictions, such as I believe in Dallas, where there's an extra hurdle where you would have to fill out a form with regard to indicating that you are going to be evicted as a result of being affected by COVID-19. And if you can show that, then you have a, maybe a 60-day stay, I believe. Um, other counties and municipalities in our surrounding areas, not so much. Thank you. The next question is, what types of evictions can still take place? Pretty much everything. All the evictions are on the table now. That stay has been lifted unless you fall under that CARES Act exception where it's a federally backed um, property loan um, from that particular unit and then you would need to look it up so if you have questions feel free to reach out and contact our office or um, go online and look to see if that particular property falls under um, the protected category other than that evictions can take place 
So it's really, really important um, that students communicate with the management because at this point, it's up to the discretion of the management. Many of the um, properties have been working um, with people and extending some grace for the past couple of months, um, but that's only gonna last so long, especially with school about to start again. Most leases for students in the area um, run um, August 1st through July 31st. So the landlords are gonna be looking to bring in a whole new crop of people um, as school opens up again. So that grace will probably be going away soon. So we'll probably see an uptick um, of evictions or actions starting within the next couple of weeks. So if you know that that's gonna affect you, you really need to reach out to your landlord at this point and figure out what your options may be. Thank you. And with that being said, what happens if someone has lost their eviction case? What are their next proceedings with that? Okay, so this is a common question that we get um, in the office when students are facing eviction. And a lot of times what we advise them to do is don't let it get to that point. Um, before you get to eviction, you're gonna be um, presented with what's called a notice to vacate. And once you have received the notice to vacate, um, they have to provide you with four days and it's gonna say you need to move out within the next four days. So if you know that you're not gonna be able to make your rent and you've already pleaded and you haven't been able to come up with a solution, the best thing is to move because you don't want the landlord to actually go through with the eviction proceedings because if the landlord goes through with the eviction proceedings and you have an eviction on your record, it's going to be extremely difficult to be able to rent in the future. So let's say um, you get an eviction on your record and you sit out this semester or this school year and then you come back and you're trying to get an apartment. Well, they have a database and they look at that database and check you know who's been evicted who's been this and it's almost impossible to find someone to rent to you unless you're going to like an individual um, landlord such as a house renting or something like that and even then they have access to those records because eviction is a public record it shows up in the public records so what you want to do is vacate prior so you get the notice of eviction they say move out within four days the landlord can't file anything in court during that four-day period they have to wait they can't file in court until after that four days. So you have that time to move out, turn in your keys and um, go from there. So yes, you defaulted on your lease, but you won't necessarily have an eviction on your record. And we can talk about what that means as well. I believe eviction is super, super helpful. The next one is when will courts start to hear eviction cases again? Or, and are courts also open? Courts are open. Um, they are open in limited means at this point, but JP courts are open and they're ready to hear eviction cases. Okay. And then the next one is, can I be charged late fees? Yes, you can be charged late fees. Um, and that's part of what people can do. Um, Yes, you can be um, charged late fees. Thank you. And the late fees assessed are actually on your lease, right? With regard to what is owed and owing. I, however, in Dallas County, they have put a, 
uh, a limit in which one can uh, assess late fees to $15, but everything else you would have to take a look at your lease. Thank you. And also, um, you can also try to negotiate those late fees. So if you are going to get out of your lease, you can ask for those late fees to be reduced. Um, if you um, find anything with your lease or rental situation that um, you don't agree with, you can try to negotiate it. That doesn't mean that your landlord has to. They can assess those fees, but they may be willing to take a lesser portion if you're able to come up with a portion of the rent or something like that. What some students have been trying to do in, um, across Texas and other places and engage in what's called a buyout, where you agree to pay a certain amount of rent to be released from your rental agreement. Um, that is not common, but it's worth asking. Right, one has to remember that uh, a lease is a contract and with a contract it can be negotiated, right? But you wanna negotiate in the front end as opposed to the back end. That's great insight. Thank you both so much, so much. And with that being said, the next one is with the CARES Act. So how do I know if the CARES Act protects me from late fees and eviction? It would have to be one of those properties that's on the list that we talked about earlier that's backed by a federal loan program. And there is a website that you can go through and type in the property. And um, then you can look and see if your property is included. If your property is included, then you are protected by the act. If your property is not listed, you are not protected by that. Okay. And also, the, I just pulled up the website and it's, you can use this to determine whether it is, in fact, uh, you are legible and it's projects.propublica.org, right? But if you have any questions with regard to your eligibility with regard to the CARES Act, you are more than welcome to contact Student Legal Services and we'll be more than happy to address it. Thank you. The next one is, can I sue my landlord for refusing to make repairs? Yes, you can under the Texas Property Code, um, but that wouldn't be your first step. Your first step um, would always be to make sure when you make the request that you put the request in writing and provide the landlord with a reasonable amount of time to respond to the request, um, document all communications. And then once that's done, Texas does have a remedy where you can go into JP court and file a suit to demand that the landlord um, fix the property. And this is better than just leaving. If you leave, then you've broken the lease. Even though the landlord hasn't done what they're supposed to do, you've broken the lease. So there are specific steps that you have to follow under the Texas Property Code in order to um, be able to walk away from a lease or to get items addressed by the court. So you wanna make sure that you consult um, with the Texas Property Code and make sure you're following all the steps so that you're protected or making sure that you go into the JP court and follow their steps about giving notice and filing suit in order to compel the landlord to address the items that you need to get fixed. Thank you. And so in terms of exactly commercial leases, this question is, I have a commercial lease. Do any of the COVID-19 evictions protections apply to me? That is a good question. So if someone has that particular question, they should schedule an appointment and come into our office and we will review the provisions. We don't have a lot of commercial questions um, come up 
um, in terms of leasing, but we can look into that and figure out what the statutes say in terms of commercial properties. We mainly deal with residential properties in our office. And just to piggyback with attorney Ware was just saying, now, once again, on the flip side, we just said that uh, leases, residential leases are contracts, so is commercial leases, right? So we would have to take a look at their commercial lease slash contract to determine whether there's any provisions that may be applicable to COVID-19, like force majeure or impossibility or any other common law defenses. So it's like on a case-by-case -case basis. And with a lot of the commercial properties, what they're doing is they are allowing people to um, have periods where they um, abate their rent payment. So give them like 60 or 90 days because they know that businesses have been hit hard by COVID-19. So basically it's on a case by case basis with the individual um, landlord or property owner and they're giving people more time. They may be um, taking off the interest. They're working with people because there's not a huge demand for commercial property in the middle of a pandemic. So they're trying to work with people. But like we said, again, it's a contract. They don't have to work with you. So you wanna make sure that you reach out to your um, commercial property landlord right away if you don't think you're able to make that payment and then start negotiating and see what things that you can do to remain current on your lease. Thank you. The next one is, can I be evicted for getting sick? No, you cannot. There are uh, legal implications if you are uh, sick under COVID-19 or has some sort of disability, they cannot discriminate against you with regard to landlord and tenant issues under the Fair Housing Act and some provisions of the ADA as well. Thank you. The next one is, so my landlord locked me out without a court order. Can they do that? Yes, they can. Um, they can lock you out, but also they have to provide you with the key to get back in within 24 hours of locking you out. Um, so that's just kind of like a wake up call, I guess, that, you know, we're serious. We want you out, but you do have the right to get the key. So um, that is a common um, misnomer with people. They think that once they get that notice to vacate, um, that they have to leave immediately. If they're not able to leave immediately, the eviction process typically takes about two to three weeks to get through it in, in its entirety. Once you receive that notice to vacate, that's four days. And then on the, after the fourth day, then the landlord can file the eviction paperwork in the courts. And then you have to be served with that eviction paperwork by a sheriff or constable. And so by the time the hearing is set, you're usually looking at another two to three weeks. So typically what they tell landlords is that if you're going to evict someone, it's typically anywhere from a three to 30 day process. So there is time in there um, and you can get the key back and you can get back in. You technically really don't have to vacate the premises until a judge actually renders an order and you are evicted. At that time, you need to surrender the premises. And even then, you still have a couple of days. Right, and so in a nutshell, right, a lockout is not an eviction, okay? Thank you, awesome. And so we have three more questions left. Thank you guys so, so much again for your time. So our last question, one of our last questions is, 
So what are some resources for non-English speakers? Again, for non-English speakers, I would have them contact the office because what we can do is we can um, get an interpreter and we can have the interpreter um, be available for our appointments and then we're able to convey the information to the student. Also, through a lot of the legal aid offices, they have information online, whether it's um, Legal Aid of Northwest Texas or Legal Aid of Rio Grande, and they have their materials printed in English as well as Spanish or any other language. Um, we have students come in who speak um, Arabic or um, Mandarin or other languages, and we'll always make sure that we find an interpreter so to ensure that that student understands fully and has their questions answered um, in the language in which they understand. That's amazing, thank you so much, thank you. And then we also have another question of, what are the rights for those who have disabilities or injuries? As stated previously, there are uh, laws that do protect individuals who are disabled or have um, injuries related uh, to COVID-19 or injuries related to their disability, right? So once again, it's on a case-by-case -case basis and we have to determine what law was actually um, used um, to uh, discriminate against the individual who is um, disabled or injured in any kind of way. So there are a myriad of laws that protect uh, individuals who are disabled in any capacity under the ADA and the Fair Housing Act. Perfect. And then our last question is, are there any additional resources that we haven't covered? I know if you mentioned projectpublica.org to definitely check out and we'll have it in our description as well. Well, the, uh, go ahead, Keisha. <laughs> Go ahead, Infton. <laughs> okay. And so there, once again, there are lots of nonprofits that handle um, uh, rental assistance. Uh, once again, the Dean of Students have compiled a very good list with regard to resources in order to help our students to pay for rent. There is the United Way organization. Um, there's actually dialing 211 and they'll be referring you to other organizations that, that is within your particular area that can assist with regard to maybe rental assistance or any other assistance that um, individuals in that locality may need. And the State Bar of Texas um, puts out a good um, pamphlet that's in a PDF on, it's called the Tenants' Rights Handbook. So if you go to the State Bar of Ta Texas and um, do a search and type in the Tenants' um, Handbook, you'll find that and, and it, it tells you everything you need or ever wanted to know about landlord-tenant law and breaks it down. And um, if anybody has any questions or concerns about landlord-tenant law, um, landlord-tenant is one of the largest areas that we receive consultations for in student legal services. Um, so we have open legal clinics on Wednesdays in our office where you can um, just call and schedule an um, appointment. You don't have to have, um, you just have to call in advance and set it up as we're doing virtual right now, virtual appointments via uh, Zoom or via phone, and then we have appointments that are scheduled throughout the week. That wraps up all our questions, guys. And with that being said, is there any anything else that you guys would like to leave with our audience? Just in the landlord-tenant um, realm, make sure that you review your leases. 
Um, if you have questions, reach out. Um, there's lots of questions about guarantors and what that means. And if my guarantor doesn't qualify, am I still on the, the hook for the lease? Be proactive, come in. We do lease reviews as well. So when you're early on in that process and you need information about leasing, we'll sit down and review your leases with you and make sure that you understand each and every clause in your lease. And so don't wait, communicate. And if you have issues, make sure that you put things in writing. If you get an agreement from the landlord that's outside of your lease, you always want to make sure that you get any um, agreements outside of the lease in writing because management changes. Um, management for the prop complexes change quite frequently. And if you don't have any, any anything in writing, then it's your word against the landlord's word. And so um, you want to make sure that any agreements you get, that they be put in writing. It doesn't have to be a formal contract. It can be an email, it can be a text message, but you want it in writing. And they can just contact us. We do have a website at UNT Student Legal and they can contact us via email at uh, studentlegal at unt.edu. Perfect, perfect, perfect. And again, thank you guys so, so much for agreeing to come on our show and talk with us. Um, and also just as a heads up, any information for our students who are listening, all the resources that are mentioned will be available in the description for this podcast. And so, all right, that is a wrap. These are our representatives, Keisha and Ifton from the Legal Student Service Center on our campus talking about evictions and evictions right here in Texas. And that wraps up this Mean Green Money episode. And remember to reach out to us via our email at money.management at unt.edu. And remember that we are still remote for the most part, but we are going to be still here for you for any assistance that you might need for any coaching sessions, anything money related and beyond. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you guys. Bye. Take care. Stay safe. Bye. -bye. Great talking to y'all.